1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Studios, if you want your results in real time, folks, remember Rocket Can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124 CBS, 855-2124227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. C-A-R-M-A. And we're feeling better today. Last week, the eye was getting fixed, even though I got a story for later on. Yesterday I finished the root canal. the whole system was going to hell, but we're back we're ready to go. Big thanks to Anthony Limer for filling in last week. And you yeah, the think I had with that time, I would have learned my lesson. Also if you follow us on Twitter I will I will tell you this at some point between now and noon Eastern or the next two hours at Ken Carmen show. At Ken Carmen on Twitter. Sorry, I was giving out the wrong Twitter account there for the other show. Uh, at Ken Carmen on Twitter. I just tweeted at Pierno as well. We will discuss the picture that has been found of the 2000 field trip to New York City by the Edison Junior High class of 2000. That all coming up. 855 cbs I know you're waiting with bated breath because this is a time capsule. But you think I want to learn my lesson. I had all this time to think over the last week. It's like, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta consider what's going on. You gotta figure out what's going on here. You don't want to make an ass of yourself too much. And one of the things about sports talk is it does allow us to have the ability to flip flop. Like, I don't have to. Do I have to make that hard line of a stance? Are you gonna? It's not like politics. Are you really gonna figure out a video of me from 2010 and put it out there? Well, this is what Ken thought back in 2010. It's not a platform. It's not policy. It's not legislature. I don't have to do anything. So there's certain different things that we can, yeah, we can flip-flop on, and that's what makes it fun, and you can call me out on it because I think we're allowed. But earlier this year, I flip-flopped, and it was right before Super Bowl 55. I flip-flopped. I decided I was going to go with Kansas City. I decided I was going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And all year, I was saying no to Kansas City you can't put the confetti back in the cannon. It's hard to win these things two times in a row. You say how hard it is to win it in the first place. It's impossible, damn near impossible, to win it twice in a row. To win back-to-back is almost unheard of anymore. With the With the amount of money that's paid, you start to think about life-changing money. You start to think about things that you can do for your family. You start to think about generational wealth. If you're in the NFL after you win a championship, it's hard. Well, you'd think I'd learn my lesson. I wouldn't go back to that. But thinking about it over these last couple of days and watching the – I don't know how that was breaking news or anything like that. I, I i don't understand it. Maybe it's just because it is a slow time, even though we're getting worked up for college basketball. Watched a couple of tournaments last night. Was watching ACC action. A couple of other things. Watching the MAC, of course. It is a bit of a slower time, and I saw that on the same day, and we will get to this momentarily, where Bill Belichick signs Cam Newton to a one-year deal, Tom Brady signs quote-unquote extension that would put him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers through 2022. They're bringing back Levante David. They'll probably let go, according to sources down there, according to good reporters. Not sources, but reporters, because you've all known it as well. Antonio Brown will go. Leonard Fournette will go. A couple other players they'll lose. You think I learned my lesson? Because I bet against Tom Brady, and I lost big time back in Super Bowl 55. But you know what? A lesson learned is not a lesson learned unless it's learned hard. So you think I would have learned that lesson. But watching what happened in the fallout with the boats, I say fallout, the celebration sense, with the boats and and tossing the Lombardi trophy and the fun. And Tom Tom Brady looked like he had a mountain of drama in history lifted off his shoulders through that entire celebration. They got off those boats. And I did remark, he looked like a guy, he looked like a divorcee who got out of a bad marriage, who just let herself go, in the words of George Strait, went out, had fun, had fun with the girls, went on a girls' trip got away from that jerk, got away from that bastard that took 20 years of her life, and now she's going out, she's having fun, she's still hot, maybe cooging it up, maybe a little bit of beefcake on there. I mean, hell, we're on vacation, right? Makes her feel just like she was back when she was 21. Same thing with Tom Brady, everybody. He looked like he was loving life again. And I thought in that moment, I said, wait a minute. I thought in that moment, they ain't going to do it again. They might get to eight. Tom Brady wrote it down, and I got people in Boston who will get upset about this, but what the hell. Tom Brady wrote it down when he sent the tweet, the quest for eight begins now when he was signing the extension. And Tom Brady may get to number eight. These are hard things to do. He makes them look so easy he's changed the way we've looked at quarterbacks. Tom Brady may get to number eight. It's not going to be in Super Bowl 56. I know what I said last year. I know what I said again at kickoff of 2020. I know what I said when I doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down and continued to say it week by week by week and making myself look like a bigger and bigger and bigger fool as the weeks went on. When Kansas City was marching up and down the field, when it was hard to beat Kansas City, even to stay close with Kansas City, and then there was the one score games and there was conversation about how they could get beat. They went out in the postseason, they took care of business until the Super Bowl. I know what I said. And then I flip flopped in the final moment. Well, this time. For you, for Pierno, for everybody, there are 31 teams that can win Super Bowl 56. There is one team that can't. And, yes, you could probably say Jacksonville and the Jets and so on and so forth and the Lions and possibly some other teams, obviously. But I know this. There's one team that I will not bet on to win Super Bowl 56, and that's Tampa Bay. I've been wrong before. I'm not going to be wrong again this time. I'm not going to be wrong again from the celebration because I think that Tom Brady, and yeah, I know you can't bet against Tom Brady. Everybody tells me that. They told me that right before the Super Bowl, and I'm still going to double down on it again because you say I can't bet on Tom Brady or I can't bet against Tom Brady. I don't want to bet against Tom Brady. See, it wasn't Tom Brady that I was betting against in Super Bowl 55. I didn't think clearly. I let Tom Brady cloud everything. It wasn't just, and Tom Brady played great, but it wasn't just Tom Brady. It was the defense. It was Vita Vea being able to come back and being a stalwart in the middle and creating problems for an offensive line at Kansas City. More on them coming up later on in the show, obviously, as they lost their couple of bookends there. It, it, it wasn't just Tom Brady. It was it was Antonio Brown. It was Cameron Braid. It was Rob Gronkowski. It was Leonard Fournette. It was a decent enough offensive line to get the job done or probably a better offensive line than even I just gave it credit for. It was Bruce Arians and Tom Brady coming together and making it work through a 16-game regular season, running away with the rest of their offense after starting 7-5 and five and coming together and playing so incredibly well. And before that game, and damn it, if I'll ever do this again, I focus too much, as we do, because this is Sports Talk Radio, I focus too much on two people. And while I talked about other positions and other players and took calls on other things that could possibly make it work. It still boiled down to two players, Mahomes, Brady. I won't make that mistake again. At least I'll try not to make that mistake again. I can't guarantee it, but I'll try not to make that mistake again. Because when they won, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won Super Bowl 55, wasn't just about Tom Brady. He's the major star, he's the major the the legend, the goat, the whatever you want to call him, all the different words. It wasn't just him. It was all those other players that I just mentioned. They're the ones that were also hungry. It's when you have Tom Brady and he plays in New England for 20 years, it can become old hat. And then when you no longer go out and get the the long-term veterans who are there to ring chase, that are there for one pure, simple reason, and that's to wear the brass ring. If you can't find those, if you no longer get those guys, then the Patriot way becomes stagnant, like it did. And while Tom Brady still played at a high level, it was still not what they needed. When you go to Tampa Bay, when he goes to Tampa Bay, I should say, when Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, it becomes new, it becomes fresh, it's it's something that revitalizes that organization, and look at Levante David. For all the biggest examples that we can find. I think he is the number one example, a guy who spent his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a great linebacker. And nobody really talked about him because he played on really substandard teams. He had the silliness going on with Jameis for a while there, the dirt cutter, Lovey Smith, weird stuff going on. And he was there throughout it. And when a guy like Tom Brady shows up, it's to pay off the investment emotionally physically and they've certainly given Levante David money but emotionally and physically and with his life that that Levante David has given to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's to pay that off to pay off Shaq Barrett to pay off Jason Light to pay off Bruce Arians coming in and believing in them and and, in spending 2019 it's to pay it off and they were able to do it an historic beating And now we wonder if the dynasty begins again. If the Patriot way, which is really the Tom Brady way, if that stays in Tampa Bay. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not. It can't. Because again, the focus has to be not on Brady. What can I tell you about Tom Brady that you haven't already heard? I've been talking about him for over 20 years. You've heard it all. Unless I'm his dad or unless I'm his brother or one of his best friends, there's very little I can tell you from all the documentaries that you haven't already heard. It's not as much about Brady. It's about those players that we've already talked about. The guys who say they, quote, unquote, want to run it back. Sure, you can get through the regular season, a 17-game schedule coming up. You can get through a regular season and probably beat the brakes off a lot of teams, in your division, in your conference, Atlanta, I'm not really sure what they're going to have. Boy, the Saints look like they could be absolute turds. I have no idea what Drew Brees is going to do. Every time he has a video coming out of him working out, people lose their minds. He looks like the old Jack LaLanne out there. Carolina, they're kind of laying in the weeds, wanting to make a move. Really like Matt Rule, but I don't think it's a serious serious fight to them. In the conference, Aaron Rodgers will have something to say. Sean McVay won't go quietly into that good night, and so on and so forth. Maybe Dallas will make a run again, but I don't want to go too crazy. So it looks like Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, they have the inside line to Super Bowl 56 already here on March 13th. They might have that inside line. But I'm more willing to bet on Jacksonville. I'm more willing to bet on New York, either team in New York, I'm more willing to bet on a lot of teams than I am on Tampa Bay. I don't know if it – I don't say it blows up in their face. I don't say that they go out and they win six games, go six and ten, and this is the end of Tom Brady. I don't think he falls off a quarterback cliff, any of that stuff. But knowing what I know, and what little of what I know, of NFL football players now, it's more about them than it ever has been. And that's okay. you got to get your money. They make a lot of money, and now we've learned through all, all this – you're The time to make your money is as soon as you possibly can because you don't know if the investment's going to be there in the next two years or four years. You don't know that. I think we've all learned that. We can respect that a little bit more for professional athletes. We want our money. They want their money. I I can see that. But it's also the reason why I'll take the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if that means I take the field against Tom Brady, then damn it, so be it. I have no question of Tom Brady's fight his passion, any word you can think of to describe how obsessed he is with winning. I've talked to a couple of people who played with him. We had Doran Dickerson on before, and I remember a guy, Gerard Cherry. I don't say I remember a guy. I know a guy, Gerard Cherry, played with the guy. Tom Brady starts conversations. These are teammates of to him. Tom Brady starts conversations just saying he's obsessed with winning. As we go into conversations and say, how's the weather? Boy, it's cloudy outside. Oh, no, the crap. Tom Brady starts conversations about being obsessed with winning. It's not him I worry about. It's not him I even focus on. Once you've worn the ring, once you've drank the champagne, once you've had all the people in the world tell you, rightfully so, because you've stood on the mountaintop, that you are the absolute best, that you are at the top of the hill, it's hard to put it back in. It's hard and almost impossible today to get things going again to saddle up to win a consecutive championship in the ultimate team sport. You see what's going on with Kansas City. People have already said, and I don't want to go too crazy, people have already said that the Kansas City Chiefs, their their window's already closed. You lose Eric Fisher, you lose Mitchell Schwartz. I still say you have Patrick Mahomes, but I said that getting ready for Super Bowl 55. You see how these type of things continue. I still wouldn't say that. But it can change in an instant. Tom Brady might have saved them $19 million down in Tampa Bay. Is it a money chase? Is it a ring chase? Is it a little bit of both? Fine. But when it comes down to nut cutting time, in an NFC championship, in a time a long way from now at the end of this sentence, I believe in Tom Brady. I believe in a couple of others. Can I believe in the Buccaneers as a whole? No. So it's way too early. We haven't even really begun free agency. The tra- the tampering period comes around, whatever they want to call it. I already take one of the 31 other teams other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 855 855-2124, cbs 855 You believe in the Bucs. Do you believe that they're favorites? Will they even win Super Bowl 56 to you? It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 10.40 a.m. this morning. It's like playing out every typical divorce story ever. Also, I don't know what you guys wanted the Cowboys to do. I saw some of the hot takes after the, the, the signing of Dag Prescott. I have no idea what folks wanted him to do. I've been advocating for a signing for a long time. Nobody wanted to listen to it. Also, we'll go over the picture of me at the in the New York City area. At, uh, in the year 2000, which is a weird way to tease that, but we will get to it. John Mashoda will join us, the athletic in Dallas, coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Also, Andy Gresh. Gresh is back at WEI. We welcome in Gresh coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Can you still hear him overnight? Pierno coming up tomorrow night?
3: Good question. I don't know, honestly.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I got to make sure we we can hear Gresh. Well, I ask Gresh coming up a little bit later on. Yeah, you would think I learned my lesson when it comes to when it comes to Brady, when it comes to to Mahomes? Yeah, he's on.
3: Let me just throw that in there.
2: Let's make sure. Yeah. So he is on. He's all on. Right, Ten, 10 p.m. tomorrow. Ten p.m.
3: Eastern into two a.m. Eastern.
2: Because I got to do the morning show on Monday. I, I'm in Betty Bice. I'm sorry, Gresh. I'm asleep. Well, I'm passed out, but I'm still asleep. So I'm sure he does a hell of a show. He does my old show. I used to have to do the the Sunday night and the Monday morning. And you want to talk about hellish, that could be hellish. Those were some rough days. Gresh does it. I'm sure he does it wonderfully. And Gresh is going back to WEI or going to WEI. We will talk to Gresh coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern because we love Andy Gresh. This show is pro-Andy Gresh. We'll talk to him about Belichick, Brady, and, of course, everything going on in Andy's world. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven I, I want to learn lessons I want to be honest with everybody I want to be honest with myself and I'm being honest with you I, I'm not going to sit there and and just go back because I should have learned from Brady I should have learned from no 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 it's not a disrespect to Brady it's not that it's not a disrespect to anybody it, it's a study of the human mind it's a study of the professional athlete. And in 2021, a professional athlete, especially in the NFL, cares about their money. And once they win a ring, what else is there for? There is competition, and it's easy to get worked up. It's not like they're just going to go out and and eat a bunch of ham and turkey and and not work out and just be pigs for the entire offseason and go out and embarrass themselves. No, 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 no. They'll, They'll go out, they'll win their fair share of games. But when it comes down to it in the postseason, when it's right there, give me a team that hasn't been there before. I broke my own rule last year, or I should say a few months ago, and I made a total and complete ass of myself. I broke my own rule and said that I was, all right, fine, you guys convinced me, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. And Pony came on right after it, and he spent his entire opening segment, because Pony's obsessed with me, spent his entire opening segment saying why I was wrong and why I was embarrassing myself and why he was taking Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And it even chaps me even more to know that Pony ends up being right, and it paid off for him. So I have to go back on it. And while maybe Tom Brady wins number eight, it might happen in Super Bowl fifty seven. It is not happening this year. To the phones we go. David and Buffalo, if I could click on him. David and Buffalo, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead.
4: Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call this morning, man. Glad um, to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think, you know, the whole thing with the NFL is uh there's so much parity, it's not set up for teams to go back to back. There's too many things that can change in the course of a season. Uh, you know, with the off season, with free agency, I think there's still going to be some moves made before the draft. Um, you know, I've heard rumors about Chicago trying to get Russell Wilson and make some kind of big trade to get him. So, I just think there's too many ebbs and flows that can happen too during the season. You know, with injuries and 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 it's it's parity. That's the beauty of the NFL. It's set up for everyone to be right in the middle. And yeah, obviously there's going to be a few really bad teams. There's going to be a few really good teams, but. To me, it's it's just not set up for teams to go back-to-back. So, I mean, if Tampa Bay does, more power to them. But I, I, you'd almost have to say you'd bet against that because I think there's going to be some movement. And I just think, you know, the odds of doing it are just it, with any sport going back-to-back, it's it's friggin hard. So, uh, I'll take your comments, man, and uh, hit them long David, and straight this year, man. I got
2: another question. Can I ask you another question that has nothing to do with this subject?
4: Yeah, fire away, man.
2: What is with this out-of-bounds rule on Bryson Shambo
4: um i mean that's just the tour uh, oh on 18 at sawgrass i mean yeah the tour yeah. you know obviously came up with that rule because he was thinking about doing it uh hitting it over over by number nine there you know across the lake but uh honestly i, I don't know if he would have really tried it in the tournament because i don't know if there's a great advantage to doing it um you know with the lie he would have gotten on a second shot there but uh I'll tell you one thing, man, Bryson's great for the game. He's uh, There's so many people that like the guy, and there's a lot of people that can't stand him either. So uh, I can't stand re-
2: him because I told you this before, David. I can't stand him because of the hat. I think he automatically thinks he's better than me, but he's a professional golfer, and I think I could say that about 99% of them. But he rubs me the wrong way because of that. But I also know that I'm, I'm now watching because if you're hitting it over entire neighborhoods, I want to see if you can finish off, if you can putt, just like he did this over this last weekend. And it does give me a conversation to have here, David, where, all right, I've heard about Tiger proofing before, so it's not like this has been completely forward here, but we're going to have an out-of-bounds rule just because a guy can go big fly. When any one of us at our municipal course or even some of us at our country clubs, if we're doing that well, congratulations to those on all their success. You don't, I mean, David, you know this. How many guys, how many idiots have you lined up with who just turned around on the tee box and go, let me see if I can hit her over here and beat this dog leg. I mean, come on, David. I mean, maybe he's okay to do it. I have no problem with him doing something like that.
4: Yeah, I, I think, you know, honestly, if he was going to do it, he probably should have kept his mouth shut because the tour, you know, I, I think got wind of it. And, uh, you know, I think they just wanted to kind of make a point that he couldn't do it. But he's in these guys' heads. I mean, you heard it last night with Rory after he got done. I mean, Rory and Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson, these guys are all trying to – you know hit it further because of him so i mean it's incredible what he did at the at the US Open last fall and uh, you know i mean the guy's played really well but i mean the fact that everybody's going to go change their game because of him is uh it it shows the guy's a uh, he's definitely polarizing and uh, he he's making these guys really think about what they're going to do with their futures and there's more to golf though that he's proving as as he won last week you know you got to be a great wedge player you got to be a great putter and uh as good as he is off the tee, you know, it, it still comes down to getting the ball in the hole at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, he, he's fun to watch, and they, he's controversial for sure, and that's good for the game.
2: David, we thank you very much for the call, my friend. 855 212 cbs I just had to think about that for a second because I knew with all the other things I might not be able to get Bryson DeChambeau in on this, and I know David's a PGA pro, so I wanted to ask him about that. But, you know, back to the Bucks and about, about what they're possibly able to do. It's not about hot takery. It's not about being stupid. It's about trying to it, about trying to find what's common sense. And for a lot of other people, on a basketball team, on a football team, on a baseball team, you end up playing for one guy. You got to bring it up with LeBron all the time. Most got, with the exception of Dwayne Wade, this is why Kyrie Irving wanted out, you play for LeBron. You don't play with LeBron, you play for LeBron. And for LeBron means you acquiesce to him because he's the one chasing legendary status. He's the one chasing the rarefied air. There's other guys who are in the Hall of Fame that he's played with. Wade, Bosch, Irving, Hall of Famers. Anthony Davis, someday a Hall of Famer. Probably Kevin Love, someday a Hall of Famer. These guys are, are, are people who are of, of, of a better status of professional basketball than others. Yet they play for LeBron James. What we've seen over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and over the the, the New England Patriots In the past 20, now 21 years, you start to play for Tom Brady. Randy Moss, great wide receiver. You're playing for Tom Brady. Junior Seau, rest in peace, great linebacker. You're playing for Tom Brady. Roddy Harrison, you're playing for Brady. Rob Gronkowski, Hall of Famer, changed the look and feel of tight ends. You're playing for Brady. Bruce Arians, great coach. You're coaching for Tom Brady. And to wind that up and go back, mm, I can't see it happening. 855 2124 CBS. I believe we have Kevin Dexter. Is that correct here, Pierno? That is Kevin Dexter. It is Belletti. Okay, it said there on the thing that Kevin was on the updates. I was hoping that Belletti. Nothing against Dexter. I was hoping that Belletti would be here. Coming up 1140. John Machado will join us. The Athletic in Dallas up next. I'll take more of your guys' calls. And it's playing out like every typical divorce story ever. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Is the Ken Carmen show on CBS Sports Radio? Turgeon, he mentioned the banner. Talk about the Fab Five. Jawan Howard will threaten to kill you. Allegedly. Ready for the tournament? Feeling good, Pierdo? <laughs> you gotta be all fired
3: up now. I can't with, wait, with Georgetown man. Georgetown
2: and the zoo nonsense. Whoo, you better wait. You I you I can't wait. Next Saturday, every single break, I'm singing about a different team. Jawan, Jawan Howard will kill you. Allegedly. Mark Turgeon, by the way. I'm gonna get to Steve and Lexington here in a minute. Do we have that Mark Turgeon there?
3: Yeah, we got it.
2: Don't be talking about the Fab Five unless you want to catch the hands. Go ahead, hit it. I stood up for my team, I stood up for me, and um, there's a rumor out there I said something about the banner. All I said is don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. There's nothing about a banner. I never backed down, I just stood there and said don't talk to me, that's it. Well, this has been going on for three games. I've been doing this for 34 years. Um, and I've called the conference office. I've called the commissioner uh, about what transpired in the first two games. And I said I wasn't going to take it the third game. So you're a snitch, too. That makes it even better, huh? Because we know the Fat Five love snitches. Hmm. Hmm. Is it bad that I take Jawan Howard's side in this, Pierno? No. I really like Juwan Howard. There's something likable about him. I just like him. I like the Fab Five. I don't know if Juwan Howard said he'd kill him, and I don't know if Mark Turgeon – I'm having fun here. I don't know if Mark Turgeon actually mentioned the banner. I would be willing to believe both stories, to be frank. If I can't say for sure because I wasn't there, obviously, and I didn't hear it, but let's be serious with each other. Wouldn't you be able to believe both stories – Mark Turgeon just said, "Think about this." Steve will get to you in a, in a moment. I promise you. Okay, eight five five two one two four CBS. So, a coach of Maryland just said that he's called the commissioner about this. He called the commish, called the league offices. He said twice, right? Did he say he called him twice? Either way, you've snitched. So this has been playing in your head. Go out there, Big Ten tournament. You get beat, you're upset, you don't like Jawan Howard for whatever. There's coaches that just don't like each other. And we've all been there. College basketball, for as much as college basketball has fallen off over the last decade, it's still pretty good at trash talk within coaches. And it's still pretty good, the Fab Five is still very good. Everybody connected to it, the fans of it, the people who hated it, it's still pretty good at trash talk. Above board, you don't want to get into crazy levels here, but above board, it's pretty good at it. I'm more than willing to believe that Mark Turgeon ended up going, saying something about, yeah, nice banner you guys have there or something. I remember. I, I know. I'm going to leave names out of this. I know a pretty successful college basketball coach in Division Two, and if you know my personal history, that kind of narrows it down. I know a pretty successful basketball coach in Division Two, who grew up a huge Michigan fan, Beeline fan, Fab Five fan, the whole thing. We're on the road. Mentions the starts talking about the Fab Five when he was a kid. I go, This is amazing. You you mentioned this Fab Five. I'm a big college basketball fan, and I looked. you look into the NCAA, there's no recollection of this Fab Five immediately. Yeah, go ask Jim Jackson if there's a Fab Five. Immediately. It's the beauty of college basketball. It's the beauty of sports. Trash talk, bleep talking is part of the fun. I'm willing to believe that Mark Turgeon said that, and I'm willing to believe that Juan Howard yeah, might have threatened physical violence. I'm willing to believe that. Words get said. Those guys are very, very tight. Jimmy King, Jalen, Jawan. Those guys. I mean, they are very. Chris Weber's kind of different, but those guys are very, very close. And it's it's definitely believable that two coaches who don't like each other, one crosses that line. He line steps, mentions the Fab Five. Mentions the banner or the lack thereof. Jawan Howard snaps. I don't like you. I beat you, and now you're going to hear about it. I'm willing to believe it. I'm willing to say, hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's 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 not say those type of things. It's kind of a bad influence for everybody. But you know what? The players are over 20 years old, more of a, most or over 18 years old. They're uh, they're adults in their own right. Let's let's ease up a little bit. This doesn't have to happen every single day. They're not going to see each other for a while. Some coaches don't like each other, but I find it to be interesting. Can't say fun. That might be a little bit too strong, but I find it to be interesting. Can't say fun, but I'm talking to you with a smile on my face right now. Like, you can hear my grin. 855-212-4CBS. Yeah, and I got Pirno all sensitive. Knicks fans are the most sensitive fans out there. My God, you guys have become ridiculous. You guys get the 500. It's like you guys are Jim Irsay, and you're putting a banner up at Lucas. Well that, I, well, that part, well, that part
3: I agree with. That Judas part I agree. Priest. With. I agree with that part. What now, was the
2: comparison BT had the other day? I was like, whoa, Brandon, what was that?
3: <laughs> oh, no, the Julius <laughs> Randle Chris <laughs> Bosh. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <No, laughs> but,
3: but in this particular situation with Patrick Ewing, I mean, everyone needs to relax. Again, I know it's a slow news week. So we got to dump on the Knicks. You you would admit, right? The national media they do like to do the ha Well, at the today Knicks. I'm part
2: of today I'm part of the national media. So do, I'm, do I have to fall in line and rip the Knicks? R- I don't know. We'll find out at one o'clock Eastern. That's
3: do you agree? Do you agree? Ha-ha About The what? Knicks. The social national media likes to do that. Yes, absolutely. All right, thank you. So that's but what I we had in this situation. But I don't
2: defend. I don't defend the Knicks because of it. The, the, like James Dolan and the Knicks have given the national media plenty to rip on. It's it's not like they just woke up someday, let's pick on the Knicks. No.
3: All right, but again, no. f- let's fo- <laughs> let's focus on this particular circumstance here. It got blown at way out of proportion.
2: Well, I'll, I'll discuss it more at 1 o'clock. I don't want to give away what I can sell. I know you're upset. You said it got blown out of proportion. Seems that we indeed we're was not the one supposed to
3: recognize Patrick Ewing when he hasn't played in that building in over twenty years. He's almost sixty years old. He's overweight, has hardly any hair left on top of his head. He looks completely so you're, you're different me, from the guy that once played there a long time ago.
2: That a person who lives and works in New York City. Now we're going to get into it. A person who lives and works in New York City Ken, not recognize who you something. Ken, not everybody's sports, everybody
3: sports fans, can. Yes yes does, does, Ken. Not everybody's sports fans, Does not matter? There's a aura that follows her. When yes Patrick does, Ewing
2: walks into that building. That, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to do first it again. All, Waddle, he's not, and, gonna, and, he's, and
3: first off, he's, out, off, and off he, and he's not the king of MSG either. We're taking he's off the gloves now. Who would
2: be the king now. of MSG right now? I'll
3: give you a lesson. Walt Clyde Frazier is the best player in Knicks history. So,
2: so he's the. I'm not saying he's not the best player in Knicks history. That's a fact. But he's one of the guys. If Clyde Frazier, and by the way, you could see Clyde Frazier coming from about 18 miles away well, with plus his suit. So well, knows and he's he a Knicks, Clyde, Bra-
3: and he's a Knicks broadcaster. Exactly. He's so everybody team, knows
2: so. Who, I, who who. Patrick Clyde
3: Ewing has not been around the organization. You see at
2: all. that I dis- See that I disagree with. Okay, he goes in MSG. His numbers up there in the up there in the rafters, and I do believe this. No matter what does how big the his numbers up on. In a rafter, he's never around on. again. Well, let me explain it here for a second. This is why I take Patrick Ewing's side, damn it, is that in every community, no matter how big, like New York City, or how small, like Sheboygan, Wisconsin, no matter how how big the community, there are certain people that make us feel better that they are taken care of, that we take care of them, and that we know they are taken care of. No matter the community. And it usually comes from sports. It usually, everybody has a local hometown hero, a local guy, local legend they love. And no it has to be a sports it figure. It has to be a sports figure. Hold on. No it sense. doesn't have to be a sports figure. It usually is a sports figure. Okay, but it's not and that always. that person is taken care of. And people like it and make them feel better. Like, for, uh, I'll tell you this I'm in Cleveland, right? Bernie Cozar doesn't have to pay for anything. Bernie Kosar, who didn't win a championship, whose number's not retired, who isn't in the Hall of Fame, people love Bernie Kosar here. Bernie Kosar doesn't have to pay for anything because people love Bernie Kosar. And it makes us feel better as Clevelanders that Bernie Kosar is taken care of and to know that he is being taken care of, that the doors open, the velvet ropes part, and Bernie is allowed the lay of the land, that Bernie could walk into, into any Browns fan's house right now He lives a town over from me. If Bernie wanted to come over here on his four-wheeler, he could ride right to my doorstep and come down here and co-host the rest of the show with me, and I'd have nothing to say to him. I'd I'd have nothing negative to say to him about it. In in fact, for the history, for the future of this show, there is an open invite to Bernie Kosar to ride your four-wheeler over here, come on down to my office, and we'll host the show together. There are certain people in certain areas that we like, that are take, it makes us feel better. And, yes, Patrick Ewing, I think, is one of those guys. I do, Pierno. And that's not a rip. I know you sensitive Knicks fans. That's not a rip on the Knicks. It's not sensitive. I'm not e- Somebody's not just trying ripping,
3: to do their job. They're probably not told, hey, if anybody gets through here, you're and, fired. Someone just doing why, their job. And that's, and that's why I'm it's, saying. It's stupid. He was blowing out of
2: proportion. Hold on. That's why. Well, Patrick Ewing is the one who blew it out of proportion. That's well, what I I'm think saying.
3: a lot of you was saying tongue-in-cheek. And then you just, you know. That I'm was tongue-in-cheek.
2: Didn't seem to be tongue-in-cheek to me. I'd be willing to say that for a guy like Ewing, you got a game that you got to play. You're walking through these corridors at Madison Square Garden, and you have people. You're wearing a mask. I don't. Again, I don't know how, how seven-foot Patrick Ewing just blends in with a crowd, but I guess he does. I mean, there are basketball players. If you're a head coach getting ready for a big game against Villanova, I mean, you're, taught, you're playing Jay Wright, you're playing a, a national champion, you're playing in the Big East tournament. I'd probably be pretty annoyed if I was Patrick Ewing going, what the hell do you guys keep stopping me for? i got to get ready for this damn basketball game. I'd be pretty upset if I were Patrick Ewing, especially if my number was retired. That's what my thought would be. It's not a rip on the Knicks, easy, okay? It's not a rip on James Dolan but I would I would hope a head of security would go hey you know that maybe you're young and it, 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 Patrick Ewing you know he stopped playing what early 2000s okay it's been a while Patrick Ewing's in his late 50s by now um maybe you don't know who he is but the, you know his numbers up in the rafters he's really loved by Knicks fans uh, he was part of the last real good run of Knicks basketball. I know that everybody loves Julius Randle now, but th- this is the last really good run of, of solid Knicks basketball. Him, Starks, Oakley, the whole thing, Mason. You Just let him go, okay? You can check other people. Let Mr. Ewing pass. That's Mr. Ewing. Mr. Ewing has the keys to the building. That's all. It makes us feel better to know that local legends are taken care of, whether it's in New York or whether it's somewhere else. That's all I'm saying, Pierno. That's all I'm trying to point out.
3: You had a more sensible approach to the uh, situation. Well, you
2: got all hot and bothered over that, didn't you? Yes, because,
3: again, most people make it... You're not, but most people make (laughs) it out to be... Because of, you know, the past situations with Oakley and with Spike Lee, you know, they make this a a Knicks thing. It all comes back to the Knicks being inept and...
2: Eh, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. I, I... Eh. I do think that some people... I do think that so, when it comes to Spike, you know, Spike you paid for the tickets, what do you want? Okay, you're a fan. I, and and I think with Spike, see Spike changes that thought because he's a fan and and I don't look at him in the same sense. Patrick Ewing put people in those seats for a long time. You know Knicks fans are a hard fan base. They can be sensitive, example right now, but they are a hard fan base. New York fans could be a very hard fan base on people. <laughs> Patrick Ewing put people in those seats they loved Patrick Ewing he was you go back to his time in Georgetown he's from New York the whole thing he's a legend but if if if, if Spike's upset about his tickets I mean this is those are his tickets what what, what the hell you're a season ticket holder I, I don't agree with that there you go you happy now Pirano I'm fine I got a lot of people who are. Uh, like, I'm looking at. I just open up Twitter and people are losing their minds. On Over the picture. Side. Co- no, 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 no. We'll talk about that later. Jeff, he agrees with me. A couple other people are agreeing with me. Michael says Bill Russell could get a sex change and would still be recognized at TD Garden. Uh, Joey says garbage. Take Ken Pierno's right. They're just doing their jobs. They're told to check all people, no matter what. Knicks fans are big sensitive. So technically, we agree with that. Yes, Knicks fans are sensitive. If you see a guy. Are you checking over and over again? See, you say they're just trying to do your job. There is something repetitive and ridiculous about You see this seven-foot individual who's absolutely a basketball coach. You checked him once. He's coming back through. How many times do you need to check him? Is this Superman? Is, he, is, is this quick change? Rest in peace. Are they changing their uniform every time? No. Let's have some common sense here in security. More on that coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Up next, top five subject, and come on over to the dark side.